Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Yo, there's nothing funnier than just yelling, bring out the olives at random points. You look so satisfied <laughs> after what you just watched. It just, it, it, it's I am. Like, it's like it just puts you in the right mood. It was like, it's like that... <laughs> That first drink when you get home from work, you're like, I just need, you know, just a little something to kind of take the edge off. Take the edge off. It definitely did. (laughs) It looks like that's what happened for you. Nah, man, that's that that clip is. That's why I brought it to y'all. Like, that's why we have to bring it to the platform. It's crazy. Like, maybe this isn't like this for you guys because you're young and Russ, you are single. Tony, you were single for the last 10 years. But like, I just feel like I miss so many things. You do. Like that that clip is from like 10 years ago and I had no idea. <laughs> I never had any clue. Like I, I just missed it, I guess. Like I'm just not going to catch everything at this point. I, I do. I will say one as a kid who, as we talked about in the past week, stayed home from school being sick or maybe not being sick. There was a lot of Morion <laughs> in the home. And then on the other side, yeah, Jason, I, I sit, tell you every week, week and a half that you live under a rock because you don't know about the old pop culture and goings on half of my prep for this podcast when we do it on Wednesdays is like my wife's like well why do you spend so much time getting ready for the podcast and I'm like I gotta find out what's going on <laughs> like outside of our house and the Chicago Bears I gotta find out what's been going on in the world what's happening in the world <laughs> none of the important things of course like yeah. I, I know all of the news news but I don't usually know about <laughs> Bring out the olives. Right. I feel like a casual scroll through the old Twitters or Instagram or Facebook. That gets you right. That'll get you right. That'll get you up to date and, you know, to what's going, the goings on. Yeah, but Tone, you got to understand, though, like, you probably do that every morning. And you don't have a kid yet. But as you have a kid and additional kids, this will change. And this actually, this is a great thing to talk about right now. Um, Like, I'm catching up on the last week worth of that. Like, yeah, you could do that at three in the afternoon and find out what's been going on since breakfast. But it's it's kind of like how I tell my kids about cleaning up their room. If they just clean up a little bit every day, just a little bit, then they don't have to devote like a whole Sunday to it after church. Uh, but they never do that. And I never do that with keeping up with the world. I'm always doing a cram of what all has happened in the past week. And, and it's usually what has happened with... Uh, you know, celebrities and animals and TikTok, and I don't, I don't have time to start going through the archives for "Bring Out the Olives." <laughs> All right, so here's the thing: that clip was from, as we talked about, 2001, 
That's not something in the everyday goings on in the world. Mm. There's other things that I would expect you to know because you're around other human beings quite a bit doing the job that you do. And so then I'm just like, Jason, there's no way you can't know these things because you have to interact with other human beings. 2001, and this is both for and against my case here. 2001, I was still in high school, so I could have possibly known about this. Uh, this was before all of the many commitments that I have now that I love. All of the commitments that I love. Love you, baby. Uh, <laughs> love you, commitments. Love you. Right. right. <laughs> but also, we didn't have we didn't have Twitter back then. We didn't really have the full blown internet even at that point. So these things didn't just like circulate. These things didn't go viral at, at that time. Full blown internet is hilarious. We didn't like <laughs> because of the other thing that's full blown that you don't mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I don't know if you guys know the difference between like the internet now versus the internet when I was a kid. I'm not sure if you guys kind of have that like two tone internet from your childhood. You're talking or about, you, yes, you talking about dial up. Well, because well, it's just like it wasn't what it is now when well, we had AOL. Yeah, we it was yeah, like, we had you, you could find that. stuff, but there wasn't really the even all that much on the stuff internet. to find. See, Jason. Talks to me in tone like we were just born like yesterday. Like, yes, we had dial up where you could be on the phone when somebody else was on the Internet. I had it right. where you pictures were fuzzy on the Internet. Like you didn't get crystal clear. 8K. Oh, it, it took half an hour just to get that fuzzy picture to load. Right. And mm-hmm. then you felt good about it. Like, oh, man, you, you were happy if you just got the score of the, what the the basketball game was on the Internet mm-hmm. on your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. We didn't uh, we didn't have computer for a while probably to probably around like 2000 2001 so like if i needed some information somebody gave my dad some uh some encyclopedias he was like oh, we got some encyclopedias <laughs> go look up what art mark is or something <laughs> <laughs> we had, that too. Right we had that too but you guys you guys russ you were born in like 94 i want to say mm-hmm. right yeah. you were born in 94 so like when you're 10 years old Eight, when you're eight years old, that's 2002. I feel like that's when the internet really started to turn much more into what we have now. We still didn't have social media. We still didn't have stuff going viral. But there was like more of an internet to use at that point. Yeah, we we got to use it in our childhood more than you. You got to, yeah, you had to go to the library to do book reports and stuff. <laughs> we could just do them at home, which was much far more convenient. Um, but no, like I knew that, that there was a time when I didn't have a phone. Like there was a time when I couldn't uh, go on the internet and, or, you know, the, the annoyance of dial up and what that was where your mom didn't know that you were on AOL and mm-hmm. now she made a call and she's just like, ma, get off the phone. No, you got to get off the internet because I got to make this call. Oh, man. You know, so <laughs> I've been there. When I was in middle school, high school, you would send an AOL instant message and then you would just sit there and stare. Waiting. Just like waiting. Creep. Yeah. Like that's the original like three <laughs> yeah. dots on the text where you're just you're just like, oh man, Russ, were were you old enough for uh, for tagged? No, I was a uh, MySpace era. Ah, okay, okay, man, tag was a wild place. <laughs> what is that? I've never <laughs> heard of it. A bunch, MySpace was a bunch wild of, place. Uh, bunch of horny young adolescents getting control of instant dms and hey oh boy i i I know i'm not prepared my innocence was ruined because of that (laughs) 
MySpace was like that too. I was the end of the tag there. Like people had already shifted to MySpace when I got on. I was allowed to get on the computer. <laughs> the tag and- was the wild, wild west. Nobody knew how to do anything or talk about these these burning desires. So tagged was the place to go. And boy, Mo's <laughs> going. I'm ripped. <laughs> Like, yo, <laughs> you just telling the world that you bricked up, bro. Chill out. Oh, my God. Take a cold shower. <laughs> Tone, what is something that you learned on Tagged? Oh, um, I, I think it wasn't just anything. It wasn't anything specific. It was just the openness. You were just ushered into a whole new world, huh? Yeah, I'm like, y'all talk about, like, I go to school with y'all. You know we got to see each other, like, the next day. What are y'all talking about? So very, very, uh, I, there were there were some things that I, that I didn't think kids my age were, were up to, you know, were doing at the time. And I was rudely awakened by, by that on tag, so. I am continually shocked by friends of mine who are teachers like grade school teachers, the things they tell me that happen, and other parents I know who have kids that age. And I'm very fortunate my kids haven't really entered into anything of that arena yet, but it is terrifying as a parent. I just, I I feel what you're saying, Jason. Like, as like I know what you're, because I was once a kid, and kids, and imagine you find out. You. Imagine having you for a kid. I mean, I, did but I'm a, I was a really good kid, but my, I, would, I know, but you're still, you know, like, so was, so was I, so was I, but you're Wait, still, but, what the but does that so, mean? no, so was I, but you're still an adolescent boy. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I was horned up, but I don't I, mean I wasn't a good kid. Right. Cause like I had friends like 12, 13 that was going crazy. And I'm like, I'm like full going crazy. Like now we're getting into what her, uh, Herb and Ken yeah, and Tony right. were talking about. This but was what Tony I'm, tried to turn this into a whole show and we didn't right. let him. So please be um, careful here. But not like I had friends who were wilding and at an early age. And I was looking around like, yo, am I the only weirdo out here? Like chilling out. And then, but yeah, like you, you kids, kids find it, man. I don't care as a parent. You can block the internet. You can uh, have the passcode on the TV channels and all that. Your kid's going to find it somehow. So, like, you're better off having a tough conversation with your kids early to save them down the line. Because I have so many friends. Like, look, we've talked about it here on the podcast. I was raised in church. And I got a lot of friends who were also raised in church. And in church, let me tell you, they don't really have the old sex conversation. And it's more just strictly abstinence. That shit does not work because of all my friends uh, that I went to church with, like 80% had kids before they got married, right? And I'm talking early, like either late teens, early 20s. So it's kind of just like if your parents had that conversation with you about birth control, safe sex, et cetera, instead of just don't have it. Like, what is a kid who you tell not to do something they're going to want to do? They're going to want to do it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like... If there was a a deeper conversation on just about it in general, and not this whole sexually repressed conversation of correct don't do it, and correct. it's like you're you're being so starch of don't do it when I know mm-hmm. you do it, mm-hmm. so that means there's like what are the, if what are the what's the real conversation that you want to have versus just the act of it. Like, give me the right. whole concept. Well, right. there's sexually transmitted diseases. There's the risk of pregnancy. Like, all of it, not the scare, but to actually 
discuss if you want to have this conversation and it's if it's time for you to have for you to have that conversation with your child or whatever like just having the discussion of what everything it entails on you emotionally physically like all of that is is why you have those conversations instead of just don't do it keep your keep your peck yeah. in your pants was, was one of the favorites <laughs> yeah i i think for me like i don't think parents realize all the time that honesty goes a long way and i know conversations can be uncomfortable for you as a parent and i think my generation's parents uh felt that way about a lot of things especially when you got religious parents they felt that way um all three of us grew up in church and we know i mean like we all like i know my parents weren't pastors like yours but i mean it's it's a very similar upbringing that i know that world but yeah, but and it, but I think it's weird because like I think they were, my parents and I know they listen to podcasts, so sorry y'all. Um, my parents were like, and this is gonna sound weird, but like my parents were just so normal on a lot of things. Like my parents were like any other parents with some things, and there were other things where it's just like, no, you bet not, I bet not, never catch you, you know. And so it was like a balance for me of like y'all whack but also like eh, i don't really want to be out here in the streets like some of these other people like these people <laughs> these kids are crazy um and then I, you kind of learn things in your own time and i think for me like was i out here wilding no i actually thank my parents for having some of the restrictions on me that they did um because it, i think i'm a better person for it i think other things they were overprotective try to help me at the same time like if i really wanted to wild out i probably could have but then you you make the decision like all right should i do i want to am i ready to wild out like all these different things uh but any kid, yeah, any kid can any kid can the rules aren't going to stop you from doing that i mean i went to christian school in middle school i went to youth group i had friends that went to the catholic school in our town and the wildest stuff happened at those places and so it's going to happen anyway. The The perspective that you're offering is valid. It is 100% based on your experience on the child end mm-hmm. of the child-parent relationship. Having been on both sides of that, it's, it's challenging. It really is. Because there's a lot of gray area between locking down everything they do, being ultra strict, and being like, hey, don't think of me as like your parent. I'm like your bro. I'm your friend. You know, like you got to find somewhere in between there. And it helps to like the, the, the target that you're trying to hit, which is narrow and constantly uh, eluding you is like, how do I tell them what I think is wisdom mm-hmm. and then kind of give them the space to adopt that as their own and make their own right choices. And in the end, you cannot make your kids make right choices. Part of why you made right, pretty good choices, Russ and Anton, uh, is your, is your upbringing from your parents, but it's also like your own decisions. I mean, Correct. like you said, Russ, they can't, even when you're living under their roof, they can't control you. A hundred percent. Only to a certain degree. Yeah. And, and, and I think for, um, for me, and you're going to experience this cause your daughters are like, super smart and they mm-hmm. want to know about the world and they're growing up as you get older it only becomes more challenging for you as the parent because mm-hmm. you're going to get the, to where i got as like a teenager or not i'm challenging you now like not a disrespectful way yeah. but I, in my own way i'm gonna be like nah that's some bull and i'm gonna tell you why and then you're gonna come back at me and then it leads to us having an, a, a conversation which i think is beneficial in the long run 
But I think a lot of times it's because I said so. And yeah. I think there are, there are moments as a parent where, yes, I think you should do have to pull that card. It's harder to pull that card when a kid is 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, because I yeah. think you're getting to the point where, hey, I got to be in the world. And just b- because of what I know and learning about the world already, I know this isn't actually factual. I think you want me to do this because X, Y and Z. Um, so, yeah, I, de- I think I, I'm definitely talking from my experience. But I understand a lot of the times what why my parents did the things the way that they did. Mm-hmm. And I think the older I got, I was just like, hey, I actually feel this way, you know, yeah. and my same, parents were same. cool enough where we like we had a conversation about it. And there were some things where they're like, nah, we feel this way. And me and my brother mm-hmm. were like, well, nah, we still feel this way. Um, but that's part of like learning your kids or learning each other. I'm not discounting your perspective at all when I say no, it's no. only on the one side of the relationship. And someday, yeah, you'll have, someday you'll have a complete picture of, of what that's like on both sides, which I, I'm still getting. But like one of my the good thing is that nobody, for the most part, most families don't work like this. I guess if you adopt it, good. But like they don't just come in and drop a 13 year old in your house. You get to right. start at the ground up. The attention <laughs> right. zone. So so like one of my goals all along has been to establish good communication with my kids starting back when they were like five, because then that will hopefully lay the groundwork for good communication during the more challenging years, which we're getting into. When you talk about kids, you know, sometimes kids get to, you know, when they get to 13, 14, 15, they start challenging you. My daughter just turned 12 and she's there, buddy. Grace, <laughs> Grace is doing that on the daily. And two of the things I've tried to establish is like, we can discuss anything. We can have a conversation about anything. I'm not going, I try my best not to overreact, not to snap, not to go to judgment really quickly on something, uh, to be someone that you can have a, a, a legitimate discussion with and you'll get a voice. Like it may come down to, in some cases, it may need to come down. I'm the adult. I'm the parent. I'm saying no about this. But you will get an opportunity to make your case, state your opinion on something like we we will le- legitimately talk it out. But that is a goal that you are that I am we're constantly working on. Yeah. I, and, you know, I think part of learning from your own childhood is there are some things that you, me and Tone experienced when we were kids where we're like, I wish my parents had gone about it this way that you will then use in your own parenting style, because like I think my kids will hopefully learn a little bit better if I go about it this way, whereas I wish my dad or my mom went about it that way when I had that certain situation. Well, in the end, I... you, won't, you won't do it perfectly. You really no. won't. Like, you'll, you'll have kids, and they'll be wonderful kids, but they will be 35 and talking to a therapist about something that you did, about some way that you raised them that they don't agree with. And, like, that's, if you, that's even if you do a good job, Russ. Hey. Hey. What you gonna say, Tom? No, I was about to say one thing. I do, I do agree with that, man. Ain't nobody clapping cheeks in my house that's not paying bills. You understand me? Like, I get it from that point. I get, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, be it's only person clapping cheeks is me. Facts. You know, I, I totally get that from from my dad's standpoint. So, from like, not in this house, not in this dojo. Like, you don't pay no bills in here. What you, what, you, what you need it for? Huh? What do you need here for? <laughs> I, I pay bills. I go to work. I, I, I do all the heavy lifting in here. We need to start the show, but like, <laughs> what a weird did, place for him to start. When did 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 when did your dad, uh, Jason? You were from a, a like uh, your parents weren't together. Right. Did that conversation of what Tone's talking about happen for you? I don't feel like it ever happened. Really, I I think 
It's just kind of understood. It's kind of like, well, uh, you know, you better listen to what they tell you in church pretty much. So, <laughs> and, and I, and, and all three of us, by the way, like all three of us really love and appreciate our parents. My parents, oh, for sure. Good, my parents did a great job. They didn't do a perfect job because they, no one does. I'm not doing a perfect job right now, but we all come from what we would describe to other people as great homes. Yeah. Like I, and I think my, I can't, I think my parents did a great job because like, I'm not on crack or nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the bar. Hey, I do think that's the bar. <laughs> I'm not a heron. You know, like, <laughs> not, so, first in my family. Hey, man. <laughs> but like, congratulations, nah, Russ. I think, uh, kept him off the pole and off the pole. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom will be listening to this and be like, that's right. I like we, he didn't. He's not on crack or crack. Yeah. yeah no, right. I. Uh, I'm pretty I'm good. Kind of, I'm kind of with you, Jason. Like there was never a like actual conversation, but there was one time we're out of town and my mom is not with us, and my dad takes me and my brother on a drive, and I'm like seven, maybe turning eight. Joe is like. 11 going on 12 and he starts explaining to us about cars right okay <laughs> which was his metaphor for oh, women no. in the situation and like <laughs> me and joe look back and it's the funniest thing in the world but that was like his way of having a conversation now it was hella vague but like we knew we knew what he was getting at what was the like, base what was the gist of the metaphor um i want to know now so like they're <laughs> they're like cars and they change as you get older um and you don't see them in the like it was my man was going my yeah, look my man I love my dad he was it rolling sounds, it sounds like a great effort he was rolling and we let him roll like we didn't ask questions I knew what he was getting at even at 8 Joe knew what he was getting at at 12 we just let him rock cuz I didn't really want to ask questions um because at that time I'm like uh that's my dad and he talked about this uh no I don't want to talk about this with him Mm -hmm. um, that's every kid, I think. But he like he tried his best based off of where his sons were and that they were getting older and things were about to start happening to them. And I appreciate him for the attempt. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you... it's about the attempt sometimes. It's the effort. He gave a great effort. You're not and you I don't, love you him don't always land the metaphor, but it sounds, no! like, it sounds no! like a great effort. He, like he did his really best, hard. man. He did his best. I respect it. You know, my dad, uh, I respect that's my man. Thank you. Dad. My, my dad. Uh, <laughs> I remember when uh, my youngest brother was getting married and we were sitting on the couch. I think we were watching a game and this is the first time my dad, I think, ever like initiated or started the conversation. Uh, and he, and and God bless my dad. I love my dad. He's a funny. I'm, gl I'm glad there. we both we all say yeah, I love my dad. Like, just want you to know. <laughs> He's, he's the greatest. So we're sitting down and we're all adults. Christian's about to get married. And he's like, uh, have you heard the song of Solomon? And I was like, oh, no. We're about to do that now? We're talk about this now? <laughs> Where was your, this? Your dad does that, though. Like, I was at your house in, uh, in January and we were sitting there watching NFL playoff games and your dad was starting kind of these like deep spiritual conversations during the game. 
Mm-hmm. And then he'd throw in there like, yeah, I don't I, I don't think uh, Skyler, whoever for the Dolphins should be playing right now. But then he'd get right back to like his deep thought, which <laughs> it, I, I, I appreciate. It's a little hard sometimes to go back and forth between the two, but. <laughs> He's a, he's a multi-level thinker, which he I is. appreciate. He is. Um, but that was the funniest. He was like, uh, you, you should probably read the, the Song of Solomon. And then <laughs> I remember the first time I came up, I stumbled upon the Song of Solomon. I was like, why don't we read the Song of Solomon in church? Oh, that's why. That's why. That's why. <laughs> I'm probably eating the fruits of the garden and legs of cedar. And... Let's uncomfortably start the show. You, I'm comfortable. Tony, you comfortable? Yeah. See? Sound like a personal problem. Play play this for Pastor Gill and see how comfortable you are, Tone. <laughs> hey, I'll be telling him all Play time. some of these thoughts for him. I bet he has heard them all, actually. I bet that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. Uh, I am in Kansas City covering the NFL draft this week and joined by my co-host, as always, Russ Dorsey. Yep. And we got Tony Gill producing. Yep. Uh, Tony Gill is presented by Sheets and Giggles. You can use our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you will get 23% off everything, which is a great deal. And you still have a couple more weeks before Mother's Day. This is really the time to jump on this. Get your mom something nice, something that she's going to use a lot and really appreciate. Not only do the sheets look good, but you get the sheets that is perfect for this time of year. It's, it's silky smooth. It'll keep you cool at night. But, and not only are they comfortable, but they look great. They come in a bunch of different colors. They look great. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and you get 23% off everything. Sports Jason is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. This is very helpful right now uh, during the NBA and NHL playoffs. Your first bet on BetMGM gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,000 if you don't win. Just use promo code adjacent. 1000. Uh, you can bet on baseball. You can bet uh, futures like the Super Bowl for next year and things like that. You can bet for the, the you can bet the World Series winner. Uh, I'm still hoping maybe for the White Sox, Russ. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you might as well give me that money. <laughs> the plummeting White Sox. Well, I'll be getting the uh, the free betting credits up to $1,000 on that. Sox upon uh, money line. Use promo code. <laughs> the new Bulls. That's your new one. They're the Ryan, new Bulls. Ryan's, Ryan's their <laughs> team money line. They just keep <laughs> the it in the Bulls. Uh, use promo code adjacent one thousand to get that deal over at BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sports books. <laughs> the baseball Bulls. <laughs> the new Bulls. Trash. I hate it. I thought I hate the most hated team I will ever hate is that is this year Chicago's Bull team. Man, these White Sox, man. I hated them from jump. There was never I, even a room. I I hate talking about sports on our like sports adjacent podcast, which is funny. Um, but I told y'all about the White Sox like months ago. Uh-huh. You've told us uh, probably you told us for a year last, ago or more. Yeah, for the last I, year and a half. I don't years. want to believe you. I want I I don't it's usually. It's my want job. You to be, I well I keep hoping you're wrong on that one. I would like you to be like ninety nine percent right, just wrong on that one. It but it's not working out. No. They continue Jokes. to – they're, they're like seven games out of first place already. The season just started. Yeah, they're going to do. Go on a, they're gonna have to go on a crazy run just to get back to 500. They're right there at the bottom with the teams that aren't really trying. <laughs> they kind of are trying. They're trying. Oh, they're trying. <laughs> My goodness, they're trying. Look at the things they defended in the offseason to try. Can't blame nobody else. 
Uh, we were talking uh, at the beginning of this about like how hard it is at this stage of my life to stay on top of things, and I'm having that come up right now. Did I, have I told you guys that I'm taking piano lessons? Hey! What? No, I guess by that reaction, I'm oh. guessing no. It's not going nope. well, so tone down your excitement right now. Like, way down. <laughs> well, way down. No, this effect that an older person is is. Yes, I think that's awesome, bro. Hobby, right? this, isn't like, this, this isn't something like I'm doing with a senior citizens club, Tony. I'm under 40. But I mean, that's but but dog, only by a few months. I think you're mis I think you're misinterpreting our excitement here. I think we're excited because like you're challenging yourself to do something that you don't know how to do, and I think that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that uh, that uplifting word. And I I do want to. I have no musical background, no musical talent. Uh, I mess around on the piano. I've been messing around on it for the last few years while we've had one in the house, uh, just playing off youtube videos and stuff i'm not good i don't know how to do it i can only play the youtube videos where it kind of looks like a video game and you try to hit the keys as the as the thing is coming down Uh, i know both of you guys are musically gifted but um i think i'm the only one of my piano teacher students that's not a kid and i think i am the the student that she is most frustrated with uh because i don't practice and that's a fair complaint on her part. <laughs> I get it. But I'm like, when am I supposed to practice? When is this going to happen? Like, when am I get, when do I have time to do this? So my question is, when did you start practicing? If it was during the off season, you ain't got that much of an excuse. It has been during the off season. I think it started. I think the lesson started maybe like at the end of January or early February or something like that. But like. The piano teacher is so nice. She's so nice. And she, as far as I can tell, a very good teacher. Um, I am testing the limit of how good of a teacher she is, it seems like. And and every time I walk out of there, Russ, uh, the next person in the waiting room is like five. And I hear the beginning of their lesson and it sounds like Mozart in there. Um, but like she'll, she'll say very nice things. Like she'll like if I play something incorrectly, she'll be like, well, that's um." That's a I, that's a very nice jazzy rhythm that you've created, which is just a, a nice way of saying that it was wrong. Jeez. But uh, there was one lesson where she was like, you know, I don't remember what prompted this or something, but she was like, so uh, do you feel more motivated to practice now? And I'm just like, I'm sitting there like, that's such a nice way of saying it, but um, it's really not about that. I have too many things to keep track of, man. Like I have, I have multiple jobs, a wife, three kids. Like, there's literally a line out the door for my attention. And, like, I, I'm not in one of these, like, depression spirals where it's like I'm failing at everything in life. But it, it is one of those times, like, I think all of us have where it's like I'm not quite on top of anything right now. Everything's kind of a little bit, like, kind of, you know, teeter, teetering a little bit. And, like, for the piano, like, you got to get in line behind. <laughs> I'm sorry. A it's lot nothing, of things. It's nothing personal. But you got to get in line behind, like, those basic require, you know, and and God and the gym. Like, it's not been a good off season for me at the gym either. I'm not practicing there either. And that's very frustrating. And it's like, I keep getting hurt. I keep getting these little injuries. And it's like, welcome to being in your late 30s, I guess. This is what happens. And that's making it hard for me to run. Uh, it run consistently. Also, it, it, it turns out, shockingly, it's harder to slim down a little bit at this age. And I don't really eat right because I don't want to. So I got all those things working against me. And uh, my kids have really taken advantage of this. Now my kids, both of them, both of my daughters will walk up at different points, 
rub my belly and ask me when the baby's due. Oh, no. All right, Jay, yeah. you, want me, you want me to make you a little plan, bro? I might need one. I might need one. I was taking vitamins the other day, like just my regular multivitamins at, at yeah. breakfast. And uh, and Grace goes, oh, are those prenatal? Hey, <laughs> yeah, yo, you might have to shoot the dog. You might have to shoot your daughter's a fair one, bro, because like you can't talk to me like that. My, house. I mean, it, you play bills. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You can't it's talk to one. me like that. Not pay bills, bro. Are those prenatal? One. You gotta hit that. Hey, you gonna meet me outside one time? <laughs> oh yeah, I have to ask you to go baby. thirty. She might have, have to go thirty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tell Ash you go out there and like, hey, hey. go in the backyard. Your daughters, and I've known this for a long time, are hilarious. They they went to another level with that for me. Well, my wife has a strong sense of justice, and I think she would probably have to. She couldn't punish them for something that they're that is kind of accurate. So, all right, let me ask you this, bro. How do you feel like you've put on one, two, three? I'm I'm at the high end of my weight range right now. Okay, I probably if I lost like. If I lost like ten pounds, I'd be I'd be fine. If I lost okay. fifteen, I'd be doing great. I'd be thrilled. Okay. Uh, it's fine, bro. That's not a lot. We'll get you right. Well, I don't think I'm gonna work it off playing piano. You're gonna be summer body ready by the time I, I get done with the plan. All right. Bro. Yeah. Be wearing hoochie daddy shorts. Yeah, uh -oh. you will. Good. There we go. <laughs> it's that season. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to get my shit out. It's on ice right now. Does, does Ashley know about the hoochie daddy shorts? Yeah, yeah, right we now. did a show about it. Yeah, and and actually, I think I can pull those off. The you, you can pull it off. Yeah, you don't have big yeah. legs. You you'll have a lot of cheekage, so yeah, it, it you should. You know, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know, Tone. Uh, Jason, he's not doing a lot. Of, I don't think he's doing leg day. I'm not doing hardly any days right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, again, this, this is it, also the piano teacher's complaint. Jason, would you want the dump truck though? Like, if you had a choice, would you want the dump truck? What I don't I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're ass, Jason. Do you want ass? Well, I I mean like do you want it to be what? You know, you know, just like built. Yeah, nice. sure, yeah. That'd be do you great. want to yeah. fill your pants? Do you up? want the, do you want them things yeah. on you? I okay. think so. I think so. <laughs> I think I would like those things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not positive, but it seems like by the tone of how you're saying it, yes. It had the cadence of something I should say yes to. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You should. Okay. You should. You should. All right. Work out a plan for me and we'll track it on here. No, I got you. We're gonna get you get you doing some deadlifts, some some squats and some yeah, we got it, we got we're gonna get you right, buddy. I, I'm gonna Ashley's gonna, gonna be like, put that thing on me. Okay. All right. Our guy, Anthony Gill, announced to the world recently that he and his lovely wife, Stephanie are pregnant. Round of applause. Tone, hit the button for yourself. This is amazing news. Now, uh, Jason and I found out, you know, probably before the rest of the world, with the close friends and family. Uh, but now that the world knows and you've, you know, because I'm assuming, like, you kept this for a while, let mm -hmm. some weeks pass mm -hmm. uh, until Steph I'm, started showing a little bit to tell the world. Had to make sure your baby was in there. You're right. You can't hold it forever. Um, how you feeling? I feel pretty good, man. Um, you know, I I feel like uh, I have a, a lot to offer a uh, child. Um, 
and it's it's kind of surreal it's been surreal just getting the logistic things you know going on and and planning of 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 having another human being that needs you know constant attention and care and uh love so just getting mentally prepared every day uh knowing that you know i i work and i do all these things for my family and getting to start my own clan um so it feels it feels good it feels good that you know i'm and and especially because i'm doing it with the person that you know i love the most so uh yeah it's i'm i'm stoked i'm pretty excited about it like uh uh like i said with lawrence um when we did the interview it it's going to be the greatest journey of my life after i started the greatest journey of my life which was getting married to um stephanie so yeah i'm pretty pretty stoked man let me ask you this and this is me asking you just because i don't know if you've thought about this or talked about it with anybody else so you and your lovely wife got married in october i was a part of that wedding and we had an amazing time the entire state of illinois was there it was it was fantastic jason was part of that uh uh, a group of people that assembled it was millions of people right <laughs> millions and millions of people in there um y'all been married for i believe seven months a yeah, little bit I'm under like, seven I'm, months sounds about right Let's go. a little bit under seven months and now you guys are bringing a child into it so for you like that's not a ton of time of you and just you, being you and steph like mm-hmm. is there uh a balance that you guys had talked about having to have now because it's like, all right, we have to learn each other while we learn what our life is like with a child. I think the the benefit of our relationship is that I knew her already, like kind of before. Right. Um, and then once we got reconnected in adulthood, it was just catching up. Um, I knew the type of person she was. Um, I knew the type of attitude that she had uh, in terms of how she, you know, attacks life and, and things of that nature and what she's passionate about. Um, so it, it hasn't felt much of like getting to know her because I felt like I already knew so much about her right. and this whole last, uh, the dating period, which we dated for about a, did we date for a year? Yeah, we did. Uh, I think, yeah, we dated before we got married. So yeah, I, there was so much that we we already knew about each other and knew um, that what we wanted uh, was in each other that it didn't feel like anything abnormal to you know yeah. for us to to have a child at this point. Um, I, I get it for that's not everybody's um, you know place in life you know after seven months and I totally get it and totally understand it. Uh, but for us, um, and, and she said it that. You know, when we had a couple, you know, scare, scares, quote unquote, uh, where we weren't, you know, really not trying, uh, but we did end up pregnant and it did sting a little bit like, huh, like we agreed that we were going to not. Well, we're going to wait for a little bit and see what happens. Uh, but when we were getting the, you know, not pregnant situations, we were like, huh, OK, that that stung a little bit more than it should have from that standpoint but then you know once we you know we did ultimately get pregnant it was like yeah this feels this feels natural this feels this feels natural for us when you talk about being on this journey 
like I, I'm so proud of how far you've come in like the last two or three years. And it's 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 not like uh, you know you were doing crack and like hanging out at the dog track every day. <laughs> but it was like it was like two years ago that you were like you know. Uh, lovable loser in love tony gill like you were ready to just write off romantic life forever i remember the last date that he had before stephanie bro that was the funniest Man. thing in the world <laughs> like we talked about it on the podcast which is like crazy but it was it's he's right i mean he was a yeah. drift he was a drift tony was just like mm-hmm. uh, tony kind of had his stuff together in some ways but was just like a drift in this area and then yeah. found the right woman happily married kid on the way like all in a very short time tone correct yeah yeah it's funny how life happens like that you know where like it, and that's how i know like it, it wasn't me like i had nothing to do with this process of it was the right timing god knew that it we were supposed to meet each other at some point and i i firmly believe that because it's worked so well and it's worked out too well. And I had nothing to do with that. Uh, we met each other in high school and we were friends in high school. And then I left that high school and we didn't talk for 15 years, but we reconnected and it's been gone. It's been smooth ever since. Like that is amazing. That is amazing. And it's like, I know God loves me because he sent me her. And that's how I know, like for a fact that he does. Because it just it, it 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 we mesh together so well. What I'm weak at, she's strong at. What she's strong at, uh, what she's weak at, I'm strong at, and it, it just works out too too well for it to be coincidence. Um, and I, I I appreciate her. I appreciate her. And you're right, Jason. I have grown a lot. Um, you caught up. Being, you, yeah. you're, you're you're like a flight that left an hour late but still got there on time somehow. Like now, you, you've you've caught up to where you should be now. We hit the wind. Yeah, we hit, we hit strong, a, a strong tailwind. We hit strong, the jet strong we tailwind. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it's it, I'm telling you, it's it's the craziest experience to kind of look back and remember where I was mentally, um, how my views on life and stuff like that all that all, all that can change if you know you you get connected you know with with the right person and the right person for you we had me and him had dinner like two years ago russ and this guy literally moped from the car into the place to eat <laughs> like that's the verb for it he moped mm-hmm. his way from the car to the t- to, it's true. to i think we i think we had to eat outside because of it, uh still being during the pandemic and now mm-hmm. here we are tony gill first of what i assume will be probably about eight kids <laughs> no, that's too many that should be illegal Take, taking the over <laughs> that should be illegal tone like, definitely my- gonna have a basketball team that's uh oh he'll have a rotation he needs a few off the bench Nah, that's too many. I need to focus on a, a small select group so we can go to the league. You need yeah, a solid right. eight to make it in the playoffs. <laughs> you got a better percentage, Tone. You have eight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you go for two for eight. That's pretty good, kids in the that league. Kid's, that kid's, boy or girl, that kid's going to learn two things in, like, the first year. It's its first words are going to be, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe or maybe Russ' uh, stomach be rumbling. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and or you feel me? And it's going to learn, don't, don't jump to pass. 
Don't jump to pass. Definitely a, a staple in the the Gill household. Do not. He's going to get that on a needle point and put it in the crib. Yeah, exactly. it, it won't be don't swear, don't hit your brothers and sisters. Right, right. It will be, do not jump to pass. Yeah. It won't, it won't be the Ten Commandments. Y'all, it won't be just y'all, y'all better not let me catch you jumping to pass. I swear, I'll take my belt off. It'll be cracked <laughs> on the floor over there. All right. You're not jumping to pass, are you? No? Okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Kids smacking the shit out of each other. Hey, I better not catch y'all jumping to pass. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Before you get to the the, the news, can I tell y'all a story that I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed about myself or a sad about sad, mad at myself about? So I'm at the uh, jewels, my friend, the jewels, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some stuff the other day. And so, you know, how on the little touchpad before you can get to the thing where it says swipe your card, tap to pay, whatever. Yeah, it's self-checkout. It, yeah, it asks you if you'd like to donate money to whatever organization that month. Right. So I have something in my hand. And so I tap to do no thank you. And I actually hit $20. Uh oh. I was so I was so mad. Is there an undo? Can you undonate? So that was the thing. I'm like, can I like cancel? Or <laughs> but am I an asshole if I cancel to give the kids oh. money? No. You know what I mean? Like no, I, I think no. I think I bought like I think I bought like some trash bags, some Ziploc bags, and like uh <laughs> some some salad. And that was like $17 worth of stuff. And now I just added 20 bucks and now I'm yeah. paying $37 because it said I wanted to give $20 to the kids. So then I'm just like, Russ, you've been blessed beyond your wildest dreams. You can't get $20 to the kids. And then the other nope. part of me is like, I didn't come in here to get $20. To the it's kids. a scam too. Cause then jewel gets credit for that donation. Like you, if I'm going to donate, I'll just donate on my own and put it on my own Correct. taxes. Thanks. Correct. Jules. Correct. Was, so what did you I do? I just I just paid the thirty seven because you couldn't wow. undo it. And, you couldn't uh, undo it. You would have had to call a manager. You would have had I would to flag yes, down a manager. Yes, and I, would, I hey, was hey, not gonna hey, be that guy. Hey, I wasn't. Come, come over I here. Wasn't come over like, and be like, hey, what, what happened, you need, sir? Yeah, what do you um, need? Yeah, I hit the to donate, and I actually don't give a shit about these kids. Yeah. So can, can you take can you take this off? Not trying to get no money, the, no kids. <laughs> the Michael Jordan meme. Yeah, that's me. Run me yeah, my money. I didn't want to be that guy. And I, I love the kids. Like I got, I got, I love the kids. I got a brand to keep. I can't have them say Russ Dorsey didn't want to give the kids. He took you back would, his twenty dollars. Russ, you would have been filmed. Somebody would have got that on camera, and they'd have been, they'd have been all over the TikTok. Watch this, watch this guy undonate twenty dollars to children. Right, right. man. I'd have been like, man, I'll phone him. Somebody need to go back there and get my money. <laughs> Not on phone him. Phone him grave. On, on phone him grave. I'm gonna need that money. You understand me? I'm, I'm planning a way here to somebody run me my $20. Now, if I want to get $1, 
or the rest of the change, like it's supposed to be, to that, to, to the next dollar amount, I could do that. It ain't getting no twenty dollars, you understand me? That's 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 a meal. What? Yeah. Usually it says a specific charity, but I've seen it come up before where it says like, do you want to donate twenty dollars to kids? It just says to kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this was like Boys and Girls Club of, of America or something like well, that. Well, good cause at least. Good cause. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see not one Boys and Girls Club in the hood. Uh, well, we can look into that for you, Tone. Yes, that's what that's what I need to see. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. I will, I will run that up the chain. Thank you, <sighs> Russ. Let's do the news. All right. So uh, we are going to cover the NBA playoffs a little bit, uh, and we're not going to get into the the Knicks beating the Cavs, or we we can't get too much into a lot of this because. Things games are going to take place between when we, we should only this. talk about the teams that are out. So the right. clips are out. What, I don't know what you do with the Clippers. Like we've been hammering the Lakers for Dude. putting together this team that can't possibly Dude. work because no one stays healthy. But, I mean, who, who has been less reliable than those two guys? Dog, over the years? Like you definitely got to ask yourself the question if you're their front office. Like, bro, can we build around a dude that only plays thirty games so he can play in the the, the playoffs and no. then he's hurt in the playoffs? No, no, no. <laughs> And and he could, if he was healthy, could be the best player in the game. He could be. 100%. He's an he's an amazing player, and he's he's shown you enough times. Like he's got the credentials. Kawhi does. Uh, but it, like, at what point do you say like these guys are in their thirties? This is not happening. Uh, the point's now is the answer. Yeah. But uh, D'Angelo Russell of the Lakers. So the the NBA has very strict rules about promoting non partner brands at these post-game press conferences. And I've seen a lot of this back when I covered the NBA. I've seen at playoff press conferences, they enforce this, these rules on LeBron and Wade. They'll tell LeBron or Wade, hey, you can't wear that hat or you you got to cover up that logo or you can't take this out there with you onto the podium. Uh, so they're definitely going to enforce those rules on D'Angelo Russell, who yes. has had a nice career, but he, he is not at their level. You are D'Angelo Russell. Right. <laughs> so he wanted to promote his new fitness drink, Coco 5. Uh, which I had never heard of. So okay. in a okay. way, very, very successful marketing ploy by him because now I have heard of Coco five. And here's what happened when he tried to bring a bottle of Coco five to the press conference after their game the other night. What? I feel him though. <laughs> I feel him. You gonna have to fire me, Coco Five. Y'all gonna know about Coco Five today. It's his brand, and and that video I believe has already gotten like a million views, so it's worked pretty well. But I love the idea of him just you know saying it as many Coco Five, Coco Five. See you guys later, Coco Five. Bye. Yes, Coco Five. Yes. I feel like that's something Tony would do if he was like testifying in court or something he would like slip in sports adjacent five or six times oh definitely Definitely. like and then i saw him then i saw him do this while i was listening to sports adjacent podcast with jason leisure and russell dorsey whatever platform i'm on oh sports adjacent a couple times on his way out the door (laughs) sports adjacent sports adjacent sports adjacent Uh, russ i usually avoid asking you about baseball stories but this is a very interesting one damn it jason I wish I had given you a heads up on this first. I should have. Uh, but Marley Rivera, 
with ESPN. Oh, I'm sure you're familiar oh, with this story. I 100% wish you had talked <laughs> to me first about this. Yeah. I, I, I'll give do everyone... You want, a, you want me to keep it up? <laughs> All right, yes, go ahead. I do. Yep. All right, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you... I'll, I'll set up the story for... I'll, I'll give you about 14 seconds to think this through before you uh, opine on <laughs> I can't while believe I set this you up this, Jason Leisure. This is on me. A, a, a short text would have been all it took. Uh, I should have done that about an hour before we started. But uh, Marley Rivera, the baseball broadcaster reporter, was fired by ESPN after 13 years uh, after calling another reporter a terrible name. She called her an effing C-word. C-word. Uh, Tuesday. So this all started with what is kind of a fairly common problematic situation in our business in sports media where yeah. uh hmm? i didn't say it oh okay where there's like there's there's a lot of when it comes to interviewing people and whether something's a one-on-one or whether something's a group or whether something is it, there's a lot of gray area it, it depends kind of who the person is and in football it depends kind of what day of the week it is there's times where nobody could expect to get something like that you know if it's after a game or something like that but there's also kind of a general, like, unwritten rule where you, you respect if somebody has a one-on-one, you don't go encroach on it. And uh, reporters who do that, there, there oftentimes are conflict. Now, I'm not sure the exact details over this, but Marley Rivera certainly thought this was going to be a one-on-one. And this other reporter, uh, I don't know if, I, maybe you know how to pronounce her name, Russ. Yvonne Gate, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a freelance reporter and she was on assignment for the Tokyo uh, Broadcast Network. And she kind of uh, came into what Marley Rivera claimed was a prearranged interview with Aaron Judge in the, in the Yankees dugout. And Marley Rivera repeatedly told her that and told her to back off uh, and step away. And, and eventually, and, and she didn't. And eventually this exchange ends with afterward Marley Rivera calling her those words and it being caught on video. And that results in her being fired from ESPN. So where do you want me to go? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm trying to, to be honest with I mean, you. I guess should she have been because <sighs> those are words you can't say. Those are words that are not in my vocabulary, even in private. Like, you don't go around saying those words and certainly don't actually say them to another person, calling another person something like that. But uh, Marley Rivera apologized, but she also kind of said, like, I'm being singled out. I, as I understood her comment, I being singled out for something that happens a lot. And I have seen stuff like that happen. I have seen reporters curse out other reporters over stuff like that. You know, she's being singled out for her language really more than anything here. I've heard equal or worse in media groups. There there are some nasty people that talk nastily to each other. I have also heard equal or worse. I agree with you there. Um, a couple things here. She said that, and this is unrelated to the wife of um a the the VP of communications from Major League Baseball, John Blundell. Correct. Uh, who I've known for a little while. 
Um, so that's that's that's, that's, that's separate. Gotta be a, uh, this guy that might be a factor in this. But, well, I'm I'm just saying that's one of the equ- things in the equation. But that's just a separate thing for what I was about to say. I have known people who have worked with Marley Rivera. I know people who have known Marley Rivera for a long time. I don't have a personal relationship with her, so I have no problem saying what I'm about to say. I have a list as long as my arm of people who have had encounters with her where she was this. What she did to uh, that reporter is something that if somebody told you, you'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Like she is not a well-liked person in the business from people that I have known for a long time that wouldn't, that have no reason to lie about such things. And it, it's quite ironic <laughs> that she would say that to somebody because, uh, yeah, man, it, I just, when I was on air, when I had a group of friends who are not big fans and have had encounters with her tell me that that had happened. And my reaction was honestly like, Interesting. Like, wasn't shocked, wasn't surprised. And when they told me why she got in fire, I'm like, definitely not surprised. So there you go. Yes. And all that is valid. But if I described mm-hmm. to you the same situation happening at my job, you know, fill in any names saying mm-hmm. it, I don't think you'd be surprised that that kind of interaction took place. Me? No, 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 no. Um, that, there, that there was some dispute over whether something was a one-on-one and then the, mm-hmm. the offended party called, said something horrible to the other person afterward. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. Like I, I think that's Marley Rivera's point in her apology. Her apology with a but. That, 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 the word but should never appear in an apology. It should always just be, I'm really sorry. That was so wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Don't, so, then don't put but something else in there. That being said, I think her point is I'm being singled out for something that happens that a lot of people do. And, and yes, you're probably right that past history is factoring into this. I'm that's what I, I that's I'm what I'm that thinking. at ESPN. Not, I, and I don't have any inside information, but I believe that they are aware of the people that they have working for them. Do you think that it was a factor that uh, that this other reporter is married to a, a very high up at Major League Baseball? I would imagine that played part in it in some way. What percentage? I don't know. But it would be naive to think that it didn't have any like it didn't play a little bit of a factor in especially it. when the the role that 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 John Blundell has is communications yes, it would communications. be with ESPN and other correct media outlets correct what they tell you in radio is always act like there's a hot mic and that you can avoid a lot of things um ah. Uh, I mean that that is the issue though, Russ. That's the other issue too, and this is something that has come up a lot. We were just we were talking earlier about the the prehistoric internet and the current internet. Like if this had just come out on paper uh, in text, like uh, in an article, someone was referring to that she'd said this. Mm-hmm. That's night and day different than there's a video. Yeah. ESPN doesn't fire Rachel Nichols or this lady if it's not. I think you're 100% right. 100% right. Like, they don't care. It's optics with these companies. It's that you got caught. Right. It's like, hey, what do you you want me to do? We're optics-placed business. You made us look not good. So when we put you in front of people, that's all they're going to 
think about because it's recorded. So it's like, can you imagine if they kept her? I mean, they probably put her on a, if they want to keep her, they probably put her on a shelf for maybe the rest of this year or until playoffs and then bring her back out kind of slowly. But hey, that's, man, that's tough. That's, that's a tough gig. Uh, yeah. Like anybody can get got. I understand it. I get it. People have, you know, she got caught in a very angry moment, you know, of her life, and she expressed that anger. But man, you sheesh. <laughs> I I have always been one, and I I truly believe this. Our business is too small. You don't know who is who, or in this case, who's married to who. But that shouldn't matter in how you treat people. And I think that that's so important to me and like how one going back to an earlier conversation, how I was raised, like you, you can't talk, you shouldn't talk to people like that anyway. Right. Like I've had moments where I am, I have a one-on-one with somebody or something is just for me and somebody. And then you have, and this happens a lot in our business. You have a camera person who's hired as a freelancer who wants to stick their mic into your, your, interview with somebody and you do have to have that stern comes like hey man like i know you're just trying to do my job but this is something that was prearranged. like you can't they're trying to do my job your job they're trying to have you do their job right you can't just jump into this and then oh i got aaron judge or oh i got you know uh uh, kyle shorber or whoever that doesn't work like that like i've had to have that conversation before but i think there's a level of decorum you got to treat people with man like you can't one in a lot of situations you can't just talk to me like that and expect like there's going to be no repercussions, right? Like I've seen people talk to each other that way and then they've come to blows mm-hmm. or there is a shouting match where they have to be separated. Like th- it doesn't just usually go like you could just say that and it's cool. And in this situation as Marley fucked around and, and then she found out, um, you guess you can't, you can't treat people that way, man. And, uh, and I think in this case for me, like for somebody who's had a history of, you know, talking down to people etc like that stuff comes back around so i don't yeah. know if that's where you wanted me to take that but there no I, no i mean there isn't any particular place i want you to take it i I, <laughs> I want your thoughts on this and you gave them well those are my thoughts yes it is as you mentioned a a tricky situation usually in our line of work i would say even at my most furious with other reporters, I don't talk to people that way. I just no. don't. I, I You got to keep your side of the street clean. So I'm going to, I think there is always a way to object to something and, without crossing those kinds of lines. But when you are in this situation, and if we take Marley Rivera at her word that this was a prearranged interview, you, you, there is some urgency to stop that. If you're interviewing someone, Russ, you can't like just deal with it afterwards. You have to that person. That person is uh, interfering with you doing with your interview. They're going to have everything that you've just gotten. Correct. My 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 level of dealing with something like this depends on the experience of the reporter. When it's somebody young and inexperienced who legitimately might not really know their way around this arena. I will very gently use it as an opportunity to teach them. I feel responsible to do that. Maybe younger reporters get annoyed if, if I'm kind of telling them something like I'm their dad, but I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to just let them know how things work around here. Like you need to give someone their space uh, when they clearly have a one on one, even if it's not me. Right. And we all will show you that respect 
as well. If you have someone off to the side in the locker room, like that's how that's that's kind of it, it really kind of goes by touch. There is no like hard and fast criteria for these things, but you, it's one of those things you kind of know it when you see it. If it's somebody that should know better, that's a different conversation. But it still for me is never going to be this conversation using words like that and that kind of tone. I also think like we talked about the oh, it was caught on video. It's regardless of that, you felt comfortable saying that to somebody in conversation where, yeah, you might not say that if it was caught on video, but you felt comfortable enough if if you there you, there was no hot mic or anything like that to say that to somebody else. And I think I think that's the bigger issue. Like yep. you got you got caught and now you got to deal with the repercussions. Do I think she's going to go away and just say like well, this? I, I don't like I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, maybe she tries to have take some legal action against ESPN. Um, but you, you never know in these situations. It is true. It's um, you make a good point in the fact that, yes, she got in trouble for being caught rather than for what she actually said. But the odds are not very good for this was the only time she talked like that. And there just you happened. go. Ah, the one time I flung those words around at another go. person that got caught on video. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, Russ, uh, two weeks ago, we were talking two episodes ago. We had the best of last week, which was hilarious. I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed revisiting the licky brush segment. <laughs> uh, but the episode before that, so like the last live episode we, we did, we talked a lot about going to the movies. Yeah. In Kenai, Alaska last week, a young moose wandered into the local movie theater at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. So not like when it was closed. This is during business hours. People are there watching the Mario movie or Fast and the Furious 12 or whatever's out right now. Creed 3. Creed 3. Are they on 3 or 4 or 5 with the Creed movies right now? 3. 3. Okay. Back to you got to keep up with pop culture, Jason. I think I've seen the first two Creed movies, but I honestly don't remember. Like stuff just... Stuff like that just kind of slips right through. That's that's happens when you get older, man. It does. <laughs> uh, so this moose walked in, and, and and a moose is huge. Like we don't see moose where we live, mm-hmm. but they are enormous and kind of dangerous. Even uh, it walked in, ate out of a trash can, and kind of got a, a Happy Meal box, a McDonald's Happy Meal box, stuck on its head for a little bit, and shook that off and walked out. And by the way, as a dad, as a cheap dad. Uh, shout out to whatever dad got their kid a Happy Meal on the way to the movie theater instead of paying those exorbitant movie theater prices for snacks. <laughs> Salute to you, sir. I know that was a fellow dad. This is what I always come back to with Jason. Jason, you have money. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to disclose the answer to that. <laughs> and also, usually rich people don't. Um, but also... How does a, a moose with antlers, I'm assuming. It didn't walk? have antlers. Okay. But then, but they can't open the door. I think the door might have just been open or something. I don't know. Or maybe it nudged its way through. The, the theater manager, and this sent, this, the employees went crazy over this, like freaking out. And, and I would too. Uh, but the, uh, the theater manager, Ricky Black, a, a non-scientist, theorized that the moose was drawn into the movie theater by the smell of popcorn, uh, saying it's a very common reaction for anybody or anything that comes into the theaters. True. So maybe that's what got it. And I don't know the the logistics, the the physical movements that got it through the door, Russ. But 
uh, that might be why. That might be the motive was the popcorn smell, just as it would be for me wandering into a movie theater. I, I don't know if there is a better smell than fresh theater popcorn. It is amazing. That's true. I, I think it might be a top five smell. It's a killer yeah, when, you, when you when when the you go to a movie theater where it's not good. You get that smell and you have a certain level of expectation, and then correct. If it's not good popcorn, then were, were yeah, you, you mentioning you, a, a rival smell? Yeah the uh, the mall uh, like um, pretzels. Auntie ants. Oh yeah, yeah. Bon. or those uh, cinnamon nuts. Yeah, yeah. That's a, actually that's a top tier smell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then one time. Mm-hmm. I don't even like nuts, but that smell. I'll smell those nuts. You? Whoa. So I mentioned to you that a moose is actually pretty dangerous. This moose probably wasn't because it was a young moose. didn't even have antlers. But yeah, I, I was looking on the uh, Alaska Department of Fish and Wildlife or whatever it's called there. These things are these departments are called different things in different states, but they all kind of do the same thing. And they're right. like they're like all these animal groups. They're like, oh, the moose doesn't want to hurt you or anything. But I looked on this website called uh, I think it's called like BePrepared.com, which sounds like the perfect website for me <laughs> to be worried about everything, constantly on alert for a moose right. attack. Uh, it turns out there are there are several indications that a moose is about to attack you. And now. Tony Gill reads. Fellas, what's going on? Tony Gill with glasses. Have you uh, have you gotten someone pregnant too recently? No, no. Tony Gill glasses is out here like Russ Dorsey on the stage. Well, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I imagine Tony Gill with glasses being highly celibate. I'm <laughs> not by his own choice. Tony Gill with glasses is not getting none. What? Right. <laughs> All right. From highly celibate is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, from BePrepared.com. <laughs> the moose stops eating and stares at you. Tone, these are these are seven uh, potential indications that a moose is preparing to attack you. Yes. Uh, the moose lays back its ears and raises the hair on its hump, neck, or hips. The moose smacks or licks its lips and clicks its teeth. The moose lowers its head and walks towards you. The moose urinates. The moose shows the whites of its eyes. The moose whips its head back like a horse. Additional warning. These are all signs that a moose may attack, but sometimes it may not even show these signs at all. They may just charge without warning. So there you go. Watch for, If you're ever in Alaska, watch for these seven things or nothing at all. And it might just you know, bull rush you. Shout out to the moose, uh, man. I respect the moose. <laughs> you will never see a moose unless it's at a zoo. What I did see the, a moose. Uh, when did you see a moose? Uh, I went to Lake Geneva earlier this year. I uh, saw a moose. Uh, got hit by a car, and then the other moose oh, ran away. Really? Unfortunate. You sure it was a moose? It was a moose. 
So RIP to the Okay, big all right. I retract and RIP. Um, what is the plural of moose? Meese. Meese. For real? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's just what two dub people <laughs> on your podcast said. That's that's what that's what confidence in an answer will get you. Uh, I'm gonna guess moose is actually. Um, <laughs> I think it's just moose. Russ, I feel like Alaska. Yeah, Alaska is our Australia, where it's like there's a thousand things that can kill you, and I love to travel. I think if I never make it to Alaska, I'll be all right. You're you're an adventurous person. You you would go all different kinds of places, and I feel like you are someone that really wants, really desires to see the world. Mm-hmm. Do do you have to go to Alaska, or are you gonna be all right if that never happens? I mean, I don't think Anchorage is gonna be calling anytime soon. I think there are too many places on this beautiful earth. But you look, I, no elk meat. I might, I might elk burger. <laughs> Do you know that on the list of things that can kill you in Alaska is just simply how spread out it is? That like if you get a appendicitis place. in the wrong place, you're done because yeah. no, nobody <laughs> nobody can help you. If you get you got some sled dogs in the woods and nobody's around to hear it. Yeah, you come out alive. That's unfortunate. What about you, Tone? You think you'll ever go to Alaska? What? I, I know that. I know your answer. I know your answer. But let's even get Tone across the Mississippi. Right. But but you have you have a wife who is like a citizen of the world wants to go places. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if what if Mrs. Gill comes to you and says, "Hey, I really want to go. Uh, I really want to see Alaska. Let's go to Alaska." That's one thing that I in in our adventures for the future, I will not be. Uh, attending and pretty confidently so I, I don't think we'll be going to alaska because she likes places that's warm and uh, alaska is nowhere near okay but let's say she wanted to are you going or no or are you just like eh i'll pick you up at the airport when you get back eh, i'll probably go but i'm like 99 percent sure alaska is not on her list that was a box he had to check before they got married probably <laughs> Make sure you don't want to go to Alaska. Check- Any, nowhere cold. Make sure you don't want to go to Alaska, Canada, or Milwaukee. That's the news. Oh, gentlemen, this was a fun episode. Uh, we want to like thank everybody for listening. As always, uh, make sure you subscribe, download, tell a friend about this lovely platform that we have and have been given to you guys for 112 episodes and over two years of fantastic, fun, uh, crazy sometimes content. Um, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Sheets and Giggles sponsors, Tony Gill. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. even crazy to still say mm-hmm. that. Go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA, 23% off using promo code what, Jason? Sports. There you go. That is S-P-O-R-T-S. Sports, it's very easy. Very simple. You get the sheet set. We, we're in the 40s, mid 40s right now if you're in Chicago. But that temp is climbing, man. We had that week where it was 80 and you need to have you can't have the flannel boys on. You needed to switch over to the normal sheet set. Mm-hmm. Look, right now I have my uh, my fitted sheet on. I got my flat sheet on and then I have my duvet with the duvet cover on. Now, this is what I do because your boy gets hot. I got to flip out of the duvet and i just have the flat sheet on me mm-hmm. and that keeps me you know 
covered enough where I'm not freezing, but it keeps me cool enough where I'm not sweating when I wake up in the morning. So I know I'm very it's very precise, but I know it's a lot of people out there like me. So sports uh, sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA promo code sports. We are also sponsored by Bet MGM. Your first bet gets you uh gets payback and fee betting credit up to a thousand dollars. If you do not win using promo code adjacent 1000, that is adjacent 1000. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Gentlemen, anything for the fine folks before we let them go? Tone, give credit where credit is due. To what uh, degree did Sheets and Giggles help create this child of yours? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I give a lot of credit to Sheets and Giggles. Setting the mood. Setting the lighting, the 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 right vibe. You understand they me? They don't make lights. They don't make lamps. So it's it's a whole vibe, though. It's a whole vibe, you know. Um, so thank you. Shout out, Sheets and Giggles. Um, it's going to be a little more to sponsor uh, my sequel. <laughs> Tony uh, Gill's child is sponsored by Sheets and Giggles in a different way. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, we, we were gonna need a uh, blow it back out volume four now because volume three definitely yeah. got it worked. This child, this, <laughs> this child was literally brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. A hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a great promo and a great way to end it. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. <laughs>